Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the ACC tailgate, Lawton Swan and Chris Landry here today in uh, lieu of Ingram Smith, who's been co-hosting the show with me for the first couple of episodes. Uh, Ingram's a little bit under the weather, and uh, Chris, welcome in to, I guess, technically your own channel here in the Landry football family. Oh, thanks a bunch. First of all, thoughts out to Ingram. Hope you feel better, bud, and uh, been watching you guys doing great. I know we've been working through some technical issues with you guys. We appreciate your patience and just so excited, as I've mentioned to you and uh, Ingram off the air and uh, certainly my first chance on the air to welcome you guys and uh, just excited to have you. A lot of great ACC talk. Uh, get Hearing the fight song get you, get you excited, doesn't it? Any fight song, any football, I'm ready to go out and tackle somebody. Man, I'll tell you, the fresh cut grass of the fall will not be the same if there's not football for people to to watch and enjoy and and that's something I think we're going to try to do here on the show is as consistently as we can try to run a, a different fan base's fight song that was of course uh, North Carolina the Tar Heels and they're expected to have a big season in, in year two of Mac Brown's tenure we've talked about a couple of coaches here in the past couple of weeks heading into their second season and Chris I know that you're well connected uh, across the country and boy what Mac Brown is doing and I always feel bad when I say at an advanced age because he's really very young still. I mean, in the grand scheme of life. But, you know, as an older coach, to be able to go into North Carolina to recruit the way they're recruiting, I got to tell you, in the Atlantic Coast Conference, you know, if if Notre Dame doesn't become a part of this thing, I think a lot of people would imagine North Carolina finds their way into the ACC championship game this year. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you say you can't go home again, and he has. And he did this at North Carolina the first time. He built a, a power, left Tulane to go to North Carolina, and, of course, less, uh, left Chapel Hill to go to Texas. I've known Mac a long time since he was an assistant coach at LSU, spent a lot of time together. Uh, we shared a lot of bags of M&Ms while watching film, uh, <laughs> and and that was his little – that's his vice. I don't know if Sally allows him to eat as many as he used to back then, but – He's, uh, you know, he's kind of transformed himself. He's kind of been known as um, back in the day when I knew him, he was a really good, bright offensive mind. He was really good with working. You know, he did a great job at Oklahoma uh, with their offense before getting head coaching opportunities, got the job at App State and, you know, ended up again going to Tulane, did a really good job there at a tough place to win. Um, and then obviously did a great job at North Carolina. You know, Lawton, when you look at it, 
when he was at North Carolina, it was Florida State that was the power. And it was, remember, he got North Carolina into a top five team. And they were, they were a, a one particular game in Chapel Hill. It was the, the primetime game on Saturday night, Florida State and North Carolina, and both were in the top five. It didn't turn out very well. They, they had a lot of success, <laughs> won a lot of games, but they couldn't quite get it done. Well, now, if you were to look, because no one bothers to even ask who's the best team in the ACC, it's who's number two. I would say that right now they're the leader for it, number two. Not necessarily to challenge Clemson, but – Maybe the best of the non-Clemson teams, but are they going to be good enough? And how long will he be there? He's certainly recruiting well. And certainly last year played a lot of young guys that I think is going to serve them well this year. Well, and, I, and it's quite possible that the second best uh, quarterback, I guess, in the uh, ACC is Sam Howell this year behind Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of people would believe that with Jamie Newman leaving Wake Forest. And then, you know, there's another interesting name out there for, for Tiger fans, I, I think, really, because when you look at, at the Duke Blue Devils and you think about uh, Clemson and what Chase Bryce did making that move, and being alongside with David uh, Coach Cutcliffe, who I know you know well as, as well. And, you know, for, for that program to have a quarterback at, at the talent level of a, a Chase Bryce four-star kid who would play at a lot of programs, you know, they're up in that triangle area this year. Uh, there might be a little more competition at the quarterback spot than people think with those two schools. Yeah, I think there could be. There's no question that um, when you look at it. And, and I think it's going to make a difference on – Obviously, this is not a news flash here. It's not breaking news that how well your quarterback play is going to give you certainly the best chance to have success. And I do think it's going to be interesting. I think you mentioned Cut, you mentioned Duke. I, I'm a little bit worried to some degree. I wonder as I look across, I was doing some work the other night and looking. And if I were to have to say, Lawton, um, if I look at every program in the league, and I would say, you know, how everybody goes, arrows up, arrows down. You know, you look right. at it, or sideways or whatever. You know, uh, you certainly look at Clemson, you know, with Clemson. Louisville up. I think that it's early for FSU, but I think up. Wake Forest is steady, Eddie. Name me a program that consistently is who they are other than Clemson in the ACC better than Wake Forest. Now, again, who they are is not – challenging it's you know winning seven eight games so they're good nc state a little bit up and down syracuse right. are they going down i mean you know bc we'll see jeff halfley i'm a little bit worried about duke and this is where i wanted to get with the duke I, you know georgia tech going up Pitt, I, you know good defense miami lots of talent don't know about the coaching virginia tech can they finally get it going we just talked about north carolina duke where is duke headed um, how long is cut there? If they don't, if they do a really good job defensively. Um, do they have they do they have enough playmakers? Do they have enough of the quarterback position to be what we've come to expect of cuts teams recently? I, I don't know that. I I ask that rhetorically because I'm curious to find out. But I, I just think he's done a good job, and I think he's created and elevated the expectations to where I think they could have a little bit more expectation for Duke football, always going to be in the shadows in the rest of the league and certainly on campus, but still nonetheless with some potential to go up, up in a positive direction. 
Chris Landry hanging out with us here today on the ACC tailgate. Of course, Ingram Smith, the usual co-host, he's out today. But Chris, you've put together a network of of uh, shows that are being broadcast on Twitch.tv uh, from the Atlantic Coast Conference, the Big Ten, the Big 12, all the major conferences, and and much more for people. Before we talk about our big topic of the day, Notre Dame and what they might look like as we get a little bit closer, maybe Wednesday we might find out exactly what the schedule is going to look like in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But from the standpoint of the shows that you've put together, LandryFootball.com, uh, the main website for you, but maybe explain to people a little bit about what we've got going on here as a group. Well, you know, certainly it starts with guys like you and Ingram. We've got a show for each conference. We've, as you're listening to this ACC tailgate, uh, we've got the Big Ten show with Bruce Hooley and uh, Andy Anders. We've got an SEC show with uh, Blake Rafino. We've got a Big 12 show with uh, um, Brad Kellner and Tyler McComas. We've got a Pac-12 show that's starting this week and with Jonathan Jordan and, and Brad and, and, and tri- Trifecta. So we've got all conferences covered. But Lawton, we're really excited. We've got a recruiting show that's going to be debuting in a little over a week, two times a week. National recruiting, interviewing top players, coaches, getting into the recruiting scene uh, unlike any other. We're excited about that. On Friday nights, it's going to be Friday night high school football. So we're going to have two segments of it, Lawton. So the early segment for like you on the East Coast where the things that are going on around high school football, and we're right now it's Who's going to be playing? Well, right. Florida and Georgia are going to be playing. California not. And then well, we're going to come back on a West Coast feed to give a view of what's going on in high school football to give everybody a feel. We're excited about that. We've got uh, every weeknight uh, from 9 p.m. to midnight, we've got a pro football show um, with uh, Peter Blake out of Tampa. So we're really excited about that. Two different fantasy football shows. Um, what else am I forgetting? Oh, we've got a two syndicated shows that are close to coming on board. We can't announce that yet, um, but we've got a, we're going to have wall-to-wall football, college football, pro football. We're going to cover it from any, every angle. So it's going to be a home for folks to come to, to watch their podcast. If you are used to consuming a podcast, you can still do it the same way by phone. You're any of your mobile devices, but you can now go on Twitch and watch Ingram and Lawton, watch all the guys and interact with them. So this is what we want you to do, folks. We want you to go a couple of ways, real easy. Go to LandryFootball.com and you see follow Chris on Twitch. Click on that. It'll take you right to the Chris Landry Football Twitch page. If you want, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football will take you there. Check the schedule. We've got a few of these shows up and going. More coming this week. More coming even the next week. But we want you out there to go to the chat room. Interact with Lawton and Ingram, myself tonight, all these guys. And then when you do that, hit the little uh, uh, heart button. Yeah. And follow us. So this is how we know. We want to get you involved. Folks, this show is for you. And we're breaking it down into different areas so you can be involved. You can enjoy it. You can interact. That's the way to make this grow and spread the word out to all your family of followers out there. So we're really tickled to tickled pink to have uh to have you guys and to have everybody on the network and we're going to keep it check that schedule we're, we're rolling them out each and every day yeah i think that's one of the unique things about twitch that a lot of people may not know it's much different than than doing a show on facebook or, or youtube or somewhere else because you have that schedule it's like a television channel and again twitch.tv slash chris 
Landry football. And, and from that perspective, Chris, I know this week we've stepped some things up a little bit with the video, man. So I, I was looking here. I could send the solo display for you. Just oh, let people. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Just <laughs> well, it's uh, in the office, in the Landry lab, as we call it, the Landry exactly. football Exactly. Okay. I was going to hit it while you were talking earlier, but I thought you might think, well, we've been disconnected. But no, we <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose you. No, that's right. We yeah. lose we lose a lot and we lose the show, folks. Oh, man. So we're rocking and rolling here. And, again, make sure you push that heart button so you can keep up with all our live programs here. And we'll have uh, a bevy of them for you covering all the major Power 5 conferences. And speaking of the Power 5 conferences, Chris, one of those teams that's managed to avoid becoming a member of any league in football so far has been the Fighting Irish. So if you're watching the show back on Twitch, you'll see the question, should Notre Dame be eligible for the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship? Chris, that's going to be the hot topic of the week as we get closer and closer to what we believe will be Wednesday's announcement from the Atlantic Coast Conference of what this schedule could look like. Clemson and Notre Dame were scheduled to play November the 7th with all of the non-conference games sort of going away right now from the Big Ten standpoint, the Pac-12 standpoint. Clemson and Notre Dame became a, a major marquee matchup this year just in college football because you don't have Ohio State and Oregon, et cetera, playing. If Notre Dame is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, that would mean that they might be eligible to play in the ACC championship game. And I guess the big question is, do you believe that the Fighting Irish, given all the leeway they get, getting the preferential treatment that they receive time and time again, there are a lot of people in the Atlantic Coast Conference saying, ho, ho, whoa, I, th- I think my, the statement my dad would use would be, hold your horses. And hey, so th- he's like, hey, look, we, we, don't, we don't need Notre Dame to play in the ACC Championship. Chris, what are your thoughts? It's complex. I see that point, and and I, I tend to agree with it. I want to see what the whole scheduling is about because I think the problem we're going to have this year, and, and, and maybe to the point, Lawton, where it may delegitimize the season is, are they going to play enough games? And I know that's the plan. They're going to play enough games to where they would be eligible. I, I think you can have that conversation. I don't, I'm not necessarily on board with it. I do think it's interesting because you alluded to this earlier. Notre Dame, by the way, and I, I do this on LandryFootball.com when I when I talk about the ACC and I break down, I, I tend to lump Notre Dame in there because there's nowhere to put them. I put them in the ACC because they're 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 dating the ACC. They're not they're not married. Um, I I would say that 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 it may they may be the second best team in the ACC if you put them in the ACC. So there may be something a motivation for the ACC. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people agree with you. Oh, Notre Dame. They get the breaks. They do this. They do what they want. The reality is they do it because they can. Until an NBC or any other network says, we're not interested in covering Notre Dame games, they're going to continue to do it their way. They're going to continue to have their cake and eat it too. And I I think that the ACC probably would like to – uh, how can I say be sweet on Notre Dame so that I think we think that if Notre Dame goes in, that they would just go in with the the conference that they're already in, except football. I think they might do that. Is it right? I don't know that I can say what's right or wrong this season. I, I just I think that in some ways for this year only, I could I could tolerate it, but certainly they are not part of 
should not be part of an ACC championship race if they're not completely in. So as a whole, I would say to answer your question is no. This year, I think we're going to need to do some things that are going to kind of, I scratch my back, you scratch yours, let's get the best schedule, let's do this, and let's see kind of how can we make this best for us as, you know, as, as a conference. Uh, I think this is where a lack of leadership in college football really hurts and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. I think you're all over it. I'll I'll add to that. I think from the standpoint of the Atlantic Coast Conference, if that's sort of what's in the cards from Notre Dame's perspective in saying, hey, look, if we do this, you recognize the additional exposure you get by being on NBC every week with all of these teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. There is a monetary benefit from that standpoint for the league every single week that could, I guess, ultimately be offset by uh, the the factor of which might be Notre Dame and Clemson, if those are the two teams that play in the ACC championship, knocking each other out of the college football playoffs. So there's a there's a lot of uh, of conversations and minutia that go into determining that. But I I think at this point, Chris, and I I think you'll agree. To me, this feels like when they do the NIT and they say, hey, we're going to expand the lane and have the European lanes. We're going to back the three-point lineup and see what that does to point scoring. We're going to shorten the shot clock. Like this year, much like you've seen with Major League Baseball with some of the changes that they've made, I think if you're ever going to just test things and have the society or the, you know, the masses of people who enjoy your sport go, oh, okay, I'm all right with it. This is the perfect season because the oh, I'm okay, all right with it. They just want to see football. They don't care if you just say, "Well, we we can't play full games." You know, if we can only play half a game. People go, "Okay, we'll take a half a game." If you said, "Well, we're only going to get eight games," people say, "Yeah, we'll take eight games." I mean, the, sports fans have crossed the threshold of being concerned about all of the norms that tend to exist, and so from that standpoint. You wonder when this comes out, and I'll get to our next question here on the the fancy little ticker at the bottom. If Notre Dame is in the ACC, do you think that they would still be scheduled to play Clemson in the regular season, or do you think the Atlantic Coast Conference will regionalize things a little bit, take off some games? Like Maybe Clemson and Georgia Tech is not the season opener that we expect, even though it's a short trip. I mean, we just don't know... Chris, what these things will look like. But if you're the Atlantic Coast Conference, are you trying to separate Clemson and Notre Dame just assuming that maybe they run into each other again in a conference championship and hope that you don't have two teams uh, you, you know, that pick up a loss and, and X each other out of the college football playoffs, so to speak? I mean, what are your thoughts on that front? I, I don't think so. And I can tell you who would be against that, Lawton, is – TV networks. I mean, Clemson Notre Dame is is a is a big game. Um, heck, I you know I'd have to look again and see if it's the 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 feature game of the week. I, I just think that game is too valuable to the TV network that has it um, to to not. And I don't look. I mean, I you can see some um, some repeat games in conference championships. We see that from time to time. Uh, you know, it's not ideal, but I think. I think it's it's fine when it happens. I mean, I think you you, you know, I think if they're going to be in, I think you you let them play in, and and I, I think that's part of what is really going to determine kind of where they are and uh, where these two teams are and, and how it stacks up. Think about this too: um, if you're a Clemson and you beat Notre Dame twice, 
that'll help you. And certainly, and I don't think that Clemson's going to have any problem making the playoff, but I do think that if it gets a log jam because of Clemson's pedigree, I think they'll be fine. But having two wins over Notre Dame would be big. Of course, you might counteract that. Oh, but what if they have one win and they lose? Well, that's that's interesting. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I know the Big 12 is a different animal with no divisions, but you end up having to play that game again, and it's not ideal. But I think I think you play it personally. Yeah, I you know I, I I'm I'm anxious to keep my my eyeballs on what decisions come down, and again we expect these decisions from the Atlantic Coast Conference to take place uh, later this week, I believe on Wednesday. Some of that's supposed to come down. You're checking out the ACC tailgate here, our third episode. The regular co-host Ingram Smith, he's he's down for the count right now. Uh, he's on the sidelines, but the backup quarterback, if you will, Chris Landry, with us here this afternoon. And again, you can catch this show live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Football Sundays at 7, Wednesdays at 7 in the p.m. And what's great, you, you know something else that's great, Chris? I'm on the East Coast. Uh, you're in Central Standard Time. What is spectacular to me about Twitch is that schedule, it adjusts it for where you live. Yes. So, so if somebody's listening isn't that, to isn't me, that neat? yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. If they listen to us on the West Coast, it tells them exactly what time in their time, and I don't have to uh, give you all of those updates. And speaking of the West Coast, I, I know Ingram and I talked about this last week, and I, I think it's important and, and so valuable to talk about, especially somebody with your background and experience covering recruiting. You know, the conversations are out there because California is not going to play high school football this year. Some other states will probably end up falling in line with that ruling at least through the the, the spring. They they will not play in the fall. Some people have said these next couple of classes might be some of the worst evaluated classes. Could lead the transfer market to be wide open down the road. But you know, really, when you think about it in your lifetime, my lifetime, and really, I guess everybody's lifetime, we've never seen this, but. For those kids in a state like California, what are you hearing, Chris, from that standpoint? And, and you know, a guy like Corey Foreman, who was committed to Clemson at one point at Centennial High School, he's still very much wide open in what he's going to do, but he's not going to play another snap in high school. And, and I'm just, I'm a little bit mystified by what that must be like for these young men and these coaches and the parents as this recruiting process takes place without football. Let's start there in high school. I think anyone can associate their senior year in high school. And if you played sports, played football in particular, it doesn't matter which sport, of course, but as we're talking football, imagine having that taken away. You can't be with your friends. You can't be with your teammates. You may have virtual team. And it's these kids have gone through a lot. Last year, you know, the ones that graduated and, and didn't have a normal graduation, maybe the entire year for seniors in some places. We don't know. We hope it gets better. But from a playing standpoint, so you can't play in the fall. Yeah, Corey Foreman is in a unique spot. He's going to get offers. He's going to go anywhere that he wants. Right. I'm concerned about the three-star kid, and I, I don't like the labels, but that's how people associate it, so I use it because that's how people relate to it. I'm worried about, and I always say this a lot, they're, they're 1,500, 1,800 three-star guys. There's really 250 of those guys that are four stars and 250 that are really two stars. They just mm. need to be vetted and evaluated better. Guess what? If you're not playing high school football, those guys can't improve their lot. 
Uh, you can't evaluate them as college coaches. So you're dealing with a very difficult situation. And again, oh, it's fine. You're going to play spring football, uh, fall football in the spring after signing day. Right. I mean, okay, now, so I, I, this hasn't been addressed. I've talked with coaches about it. Do we look at the December signing date this year and say, mm, but does it really matter a lot? And I mean, you're, even if you, the only thing that would help is if you start the high school season like in October and got it done like early January. I mean, if you did something like that, then moving the December signing date back this year or eliminating it just this year only may make some sense. But if you're going to have it in the spring and you're going to start in February, well, what I mean, so yes, <laughs> right. you're going to have to judge. And I don't think it's going to affect the Clemsons the Alabamas, the Ohio States, it's going to affect, you know, evaluating the right type of guy at Georgia tech at wake forest, you know, at Louisville for Scott and those guys, you, you don't, we call it exposures. How many exposures have you had on a player evaluating for the draft? What have you this game, this game, this practice. So if you don't have that, I mean, it's just, and you know, the entire senior year, that's, that's, going to be very difficult. So how you evaluate and set up your recruiting board is going to be strictly off of last year. And there's a whole lot that takes place from last year to this year. When you're talking about a guy that you're trying to sign this year, I think it's you correct. You could have a lot more mistakes in who you offer this year. And maybe for a couple of years, let's hope again, this gets cleared up, but I think it's going to have an effect because now you're going to be dealing. What about the class of 2022? So now you don't have them. I don't even want to go down the path of, all right, so yeah. now you're going to miss their junior year in high school because they're not playing. So let's, you know, let, let's, God forbid, we're, we're having this conversation next year. They, then it would be a disaster because what are you recruiting then? And you're not, you're just guessing and you're guessing on, you know, guys that we, we laugh at guys that they get offered as freshmen. That's, yeah. what, that's what they're going to be doing. That's the last time they played. No, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I look at it and I think about the, the 2021 kids and the fact that a lot of times when you're recruiting, and you know this as a former recruiting coordinator yourself at LSU, the ambiance and the environment can sell a program on a certain kid. You have a night game you know, in, in Tallahassee, Florida, Dope Campbell's rocking. A kid might go, you know what? This is this is where it is for me. Maybe he took in a noon game at North Carolina, and it just wasn't off the charts. And so, I'm not saying that that should be the sole reason that the kid makes a decision. But we don't know if there are going to be fans in these stadiums. We know Syracuse will not have fans in this league. We talked about that on Wednesday's episode. Ingram and I kind of got into you know with the league as a whole, uh, kind of have some solidarity on that front, which I don't think they would because everybody's got to squeeze every nickel and dime that they can this year and get as many fans in if possible. But from that standpoint, I, I think about these kids. You know, if you live in Texas and you're thinking about going on a recruiting visit to NC State and there are no fans in attendance or very few fans in attendance, it makes that sell a whole lot tougher than it, it normally might. And I, I would I just wonder from the standpoint of those kids, those kids who are, you know, juniors right now are typically courted like crazy, uh, what this will look like from their standpoint, because I would not want to be a recruiting coordinator in college football this year. Look, you you can't the kids, we don't know if the kids are gonna be able to go visit. And as you said, if they can, 
what's the environment? It's not going to be a normal environment. Yeah. We're seeing this right now and we're having the effect this spring. I, I charted it out and I put it up on LandryFootball.com uh, about a month ago. That We've got about 600 more early commitments as of like May and June. Wow. And last year at this time. Why is that? People say, well, why would a kid do that if they can't take visits and they don't know what they're getting into? Well, the answer is the ones that are thinking and maybe the pressure coming from the school we got a scholarship for you, but we got to move on. So a lot of those kids are saying bird in the hands better than two in the bush. So I better commit to XYZ university here. But here's the thing, Lawton, if this does open up, um, we're going to have, I think we will, we're going to have potentially a record number of decommitments because we're already seeing a lot of it. You, you've right. kind of you, – you, well, you've covered it with, you know – Jordan Clemson Hancock at Clemson. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a lot of that, a lot of it. Because now where Alabama – you notice Alabama is suddenly coming on? Why? They haven't had the ability to go on campus in high school to evaluate these kids this spring. They're not going to have a, a camp to evaluate these guys. We know that they're not going to be any, you know, young kid camps. So they've kind of held off on who they offer. Now they're offering. So is Tennessee, all of their commitments going to hold or would some of them go to Alabama or somewhere else? I'm not saying that, that it is, but it's, it's something that is a distinct possibility. I'd say a probability and I think it's going to create havoc in in a, in a, in a weird way. People like that stuff. It's going to cause a lot of gray hairs and maybe, you know, pulling hairs out from coaches and recruiting coordinators. Well, listen, if you like this program, make sure that you spread the word about the Chris Landry Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. You can listen to the podcast as well on your mobile device. But this show, the ACC tailgate, will be available live Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern as well. And again, I'm on Twitter at Clemson Sports. I host a radio show called Clemson Sports Talk, a two-hour daily show if you're a Tiger fan that does not know about it. My normal co-host, Ingram Smith, he's on the sidelines today. Uh, he hosts the uh, Nolcast. It's a podcast for all you Florida State Seminole fans. And then, of course, alongside me here, Chris Landry, hanging out with you today on Twitter at Chris Landry, at Landry Football and the website LandryFootball.com. All right, Chris, final question for the day. We've seen some program or some conferences say, "Hey, we can't play." You, you, you've got some teams like like James Madison and Elon who have said, "Okay, I know our leagues aren't playing, but we want to try to play because we really, you know, we understand the importance <laughs> of college football." But the question has testing become the biggest hurdle for schools heading into twenty twenty? You know, testing these players. I've heard some interesting things. This week about testing, and I'll tell you what this came down to, Chris. What the the understanding I have is that some of the protocols in place at specific universities, and maybe even kind of a top down approach from the NCAA, is that if you test positive in June and you don't, you know, show any symptoms of COVID nineteen, you don't have to be retested again until three months after that first evaluation took place. Now, I don't know what these schools are doing. We got some schools that are telling everything, how many kids have it, how many of you know are in, you know, in in quarantine, et cetera. Some schools aren't telling us anything. But 
is the money, the financial particulars of testing, Chris, perhaps the biggest hurdle that these schools are currently facing, in your opinion? Of course. I mean, look at it. You've got now an expenditure, and I know this from my NFL um, work. It's going to cost the NFL $75 million to do testing. Now, that's an expenditure that, you know, last year at this time, they weren't budgeting. You know what? We, we need to have some money aside if we have a pandemic. No, I can tell you that wasn't. Now, they've got the money, and they can do that, and that's why I use them as an example. They also are going to get hit in the, you know, with, at the gate. They're going to lose a lot of money. Now, let's go to college football and say, all right, how many games can we play? How many people are going to be at that games? How much money we're going to lose at the gate and the concessions and parking because we have no fans, some fans, little fans, what have you. Lots of money lost. What is that going to mean for the Elons of the world? And, and their ability to even survive comes into playing what I call the mercenary games, the paycheck games. So you don't have that. So you've got, you know, on one end, oh, the revenue stream has been locked off. And oh, by the way, in order to get some money coming in, a trickle through to yeah. open up a little hole, we're going to have to spend a lot of money. You know what? You got to think about that for a second because I don't know the details of the cost. Is the money that it's going to cost to do the testing to make this legit and make it work? Is that going to be worth the money that they're going to make? Think about that. The you know I mean it it is a valid question and I don't have the answer because I don't know the full details I hear different things about the cost of the test and what that can get what type of test and it's cheaper it's more expensive yada 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 I don't know I I just know that no one's been able to fully answer just what you said that's interesting to hear that and and how they're going to do it now that is really interesting because that would allow for chances to get through a season my concern is. If they go the opposite way, like if four guys test positive, right. what are you going to do? You're going to quarantine everybody that's in that position meeting room? Because if you do that, Lawton, I don't know what we're really doing. There's no way we're going to – there's no way one team can get through a season if you're going to do it that way. So I don't know how we're going to test. I don't know how we're going to control it and handle it. Um, I'm like everybody else. Look, I've, I've I've been around a long time. I was not around in 1918. <laughs> I may look and feel like it sometimes. And it wasn't the same, you know, the, the sport wasn't the same. I don't know what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. And nobody does. It's not like there's a book for this. Right. Uh, there will be after this, but there's not now. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, too, the other thing that's particularly scary, and I know that this show is – centric to football more than anything else uh, especially during this time of the year but I can't imagine that football is not at, at some point of the conversation over the long haul of the ACC tailgate but soccer women's soccer cross country these mm. other sports these non-revenue generating sports are for the first time truly expendable and what football – I just wonder, you know, if these guys behind closed doors – and listen, Dan Radakovich and other athletic directors in the conference aren't going to come out and say this, but they're not going to say, hey, look, the bottom line is that if we play other fall sports, we're going to lose 
55 million, but if we don't, we're only going to lose 35 million. So we'll just take the 35 million dollar hit this year, and those sports just aren't going to be played. I mean, they, I know they don't want to say that, but I think that's the reality too. Is that the expendable sports really become expendable because of what they'll give you back off of what you traditionally lose? That's great. No, you're right. That's absolutely true. Hey, just you know, this show you how this stuff works. We got a, a little chat stream. One of our our buddies there. Uh, Blake and Doobie, who handle our SEC show, uh, chimes in and says hello. We want to thank them for doing that, and we appreciate you and you guys out there. Anybody, we want your you know uh, your comments, questions, co- you know whatever your participation in this show. I want to get back to. I know we're short on time, but I, I want a couple of things. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about if I could. Um, Ingram Smith, who's not here, who's 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 sick today and going to be back with you, and and you're going to love him. Just such a phenomenal job with the Knowles cast, really plugged in with the with the Florida State and that program, and knows about the, the ACC. And um, I, I'll, I'll let him, you know, when he gets back, I'd, I'd love for him to get into a little bit more detail because he just does a great job. But since I've got you and I'm filling in for Ingram. Um, <laughs> Lawton, tell folks you've done such a great job. For, for people who don't know, I, I call Lawton Mr. Clemson. Uh, he is so well-connected around the entire league. Um, he's got his hands on the pulse of that program and that fan base. Lawton, if, if you would, tell, just tell folks. Um, I, I know you're bashful and all that, but just I, tell folks here your background. I know what you do, but, but tell them kind of where it started because – what this guy has grown is really, really impressive. It's uh, wow, yeah, it's crazy because uh, you know people always think that if you're doing this, you've got a background in broadcasting or that you went to school for it, and and that wasn't me to be honest with you, Chris. I mean, what happened is I, I was an athlete growing up. I, I played pretty much every sport through high school. I realized I'd get killed on the football field, so I gave that up and uh, continued to play basketball. So I was. You know, invested in sports pretty heavily and, and, and an even bigger fan and a better fan probably than an athlete. But I also grew up in theater, which is I'm from a small town. Wow. And okay. so having that skill set really translated over once I got a little further along and I moved to the Midlands of South Carolina and the, the heart of Gamecock territory about 15, 20 years ago. And I recognized that Clemson fans needed a voice. And you couldn't stream like this. So you had to have a podcast for people to be able to catch it. Uh, it, Because if you weren't on the radio, there was no way outside of the Clemson area for Tiger fans to talk about the Tigers. And so that's what I did. I started a podcast 15 years ago and kicked it off when it was a brand new deal. I mean, we were in the top 10 of the sports podcast on iTunes at the time, and not because it was a top 10 podcast, just because there were probably only 12 podcasts at the time. And it just grew and grew, and I kind of went about backwards where iHeartMedia reached out to me based on the growth of my show and said, hey, would you do a daily show for it? Because I was just doing a one-week show. It's Sunday nights, just like this. And uh, I said, yeah, yes, I will do it. And so we managed to make it work. We've been syndicated in multiple markets in the state of South Carolina for a couple of years and uh, continue to grow on that front. And then a few years back, I partnered with the guys over at texags.com, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. And mm-hmm. we got our website really up and, and running from that standpoint. And it's just been through the roof. But one of the things I did, 
prior to or, or, or just after starting the podcast was I had a guy reach out to me from Oxford, Mississippi, and he had a couple of radio stations lined up to carry a show called Y'all Sports Daily. And Chris, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know a whole lot at that time about maybe some of the teams in the SEC West because they're not in my geographic realm where I'd be covering them. But this show was about the ACC and the SEC. And we just went after it two hours a day and pre-recorded that show and syndicated it to radio stations. And that really opened me up to doing a show a little bit like what we're doing right now where you kind of take a look at a league. And selfishly, doing that Clemson show has been great. It's an it, it, it especially I mean if they were terrible it wouldn't be fun but I mean where they've been riding for the for the past you know six seven years right there at or near the top of college football has made it not just easy on me to do that show but it's a popular show because of how good they are but this is kind of getting me back a little bit to that conference theme and feel so I really like it because I'm getting to venture out and talk about Mac Brown a little bit more than I traditionally would and other things but that's my story but I think the theater right. aspect of my life combined with the sports aspect of my life has really given me a handle on on dealing with what we deal with on a regular basis and I think managing crisis when things aren't going right because my, you know, my like, dad like, and, like last week's show, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was taught the show must go on. The show right. must go on, and so yeah. even if even if we, this thing went down now, I can tell you from my standpoint, I would keep going and try yeah. to figure it out while I'm talking because I there's always this fear that hey, the lights are on, maybe somebody is getting it, but I just don't realize it. So it's been yeah. fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, no, I've enjoyed the, all three episodes that we've done so far, and looking forward to Wednesday night at seven. We'll be back at it, and then next Sunday, and of course the schedule over on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash slash Chris Landry Football. So much so, Chris, uh, you got me motivated. I'm running the uh, Clemson show on Twitch as well, so I'm excited. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. We, we, we do that. Yeah, you know what, folks? A couple of nuggets I like to get in is I'm kind of looking at how this um, next season unfolds, and yeah, I'm anticipating a season. You know, there's a lot of talk about the ACC, and you know, people would just say, hey, it's Clemson, no one else pays attention. I, I was looking at my list of the best defensive linemen that I think in the country, and, I, and I, if you look at it, and it just happens to be returning guys, okay? So there's a lot of good players that you're going to emerge. But guys coming back, I mean, I, I take the two defensive tackles at Florida State just about over anybody in the country. Uh, they've got a couple of guys at Pitt that I love. They're the two ends at Miami are great. Um, you, you've got Coler's Bassum of, of Wake Forest that may not even make the first team. Chris Rump of Duke. That I mean, we're talking about guys that would be first or second team All Americans going into the year. They're all in the ACC. Yeah. It is a really good group of defensive linemen. And oh, by the way, I, I'm not even throwing any of the Clemson guys in because you know they're always good. I'm talking about the non-Clemson guys. So. I do think that this, I think the league has a chance to get better going forward. Uh, it's going to have to, there's such a huge gap between Clemson and the rest, it's an issue. But uh, I do think that the league is getting a little bit better. Um, and so I, I'm just thrilled that you guys are here talking about each and every, uh, twice a week, uh, each and every uh, live, as you say, Sunday and uh, Wednesday. And again, remember, check out all the shows of Blake and Doobie with the SEC show uh, every night, uh, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday and the Big Ten show, the Big 12 show, the Pac-12 show that we got debuting this week, our NFL shows each and every night. So check us all out on Twitch. 
go into the chat room. Tell us what you think and tell us that you're there. We'll give you a shout out and we'll answer your questions. We'll we'll stay in touch with you. I know Lawton and Ingram are going to do a great job with that as well. And uh, we'll see you there. It's just uh, it's just always great to talk football, regardless of the league. But particularly excited to, to talk with you, Lawton. I join. I'm glad you're on that. I joined uh, Lawton on his show usually on Wednesdays uh, in the is Clemson market, and it's uh, it is a great. You're in a great time, my friend, because I go back the Clemson a long ways. And, yeah. and I can remember, you know, that obviously the old Frank Howard and, and, and the, the Howard's rock. And then, you know, I remember vividly, you know, Danny's teams that, uh, and I knew a number of guys on that coaching staff that ended up winning the national championship over Nebraska that year in the orange bowl. And I do say this, and I do a lot of coaching search work and I get involved in that in my consulting business. When Dabble got the promotion, Lawton, I thought, yeah, I'm not sure about this. I yeah. did not. I'm not sure this is going to be. I don't be. think you were the only one. And, uh, and then uh, I sure as hell didn't think it was going to be this good. Um, so it just goes to show you sometimes that uh, things are – you can't always judge a book by its cover. Dabble's done a really good job. He's done a great job with the staff. He's done yeah. a great job creating a culture of environment, which you get to see a part of each and every day. Have you been down that slide? I, I got to know. We got to have, I haven't. My, uh, one of my guys that works for me has, I have not. Okay. He, he almost know. ate it. It's, it's slick. It's fast. Believe me. <laughs> so I, mean, I got to ask you this now, because yeah. you know, I'm in, grew up in South Louisiana and I, I, guys may be listening. So, you tell everybody, we know there's – what's the real Death Valley? We need to know that. We need to know it from you. Uh, they'll settle that in a couple of years when those two square off, won't they? Oh, okay. I got you, yeah. <laughs> Winner okay. takes all. Winner takes but, all. But, yeah, I got you. Got you. That's a yeah. good answer. That's no, good. and I'll tell you what. That, that you know, Speaking of uh, Clemson and LSU, the environment um, – you know, people I, – I, I think this hasn't been a major topic for LSU folks out there, but – that environment in uh, the Superdome was insane uh-huh. for LSU's favor. I mean, it the 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 lady working my aisle in front of me, Chris, was dancing during the game. Like <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is this is a little much. But uh, yeah. congratulations to LSU. They played a heck of a a game and they had a really good team last year. So. Well, and our guy, you know, uh, Dan Radakovich, a good, good friend. He was an assistant AD at LSU and uh, obviously True. done a really good job uh, over in Clemson. Really happy there, really happy for him. And uh, that program has just been phenomenal. And uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been chalk. It'd be interesting to see. And certainly, you know, I've said this and I know we're running short on time. We've got a few minutes, but, you know, if you look at where Clemson is right now, and I think Ohio State too, but more so Clemson as good as they are relative to who they've got to play again sure. week in and week out, it's it's it gives them a real opportunity to kind of get through the – and we see that sometimes. People say, oh, they struggled against it. A lot of it is, you know this, Lawton, they play so many people because they're getting so much experience with younger right. guys that they kind of get through games. And I'm not saying they're purposely trying to – they just are going to make a lot more mistakes that if they play tougher games, they would play the starters more and they, they would probably blow them out. But people ask me all the time, and I'll say this, and I believe this, say this on any show that I do. You put Clemson in the SEC, and they're right there with the very top. Now, they they may not win. Uh, they may not go undefeated. I agree. It's tougher to go week in and week out. But 
they would be right there with Alabama, and I think they're proving that in the playoffs. Yeah, Dabo Sweeney always says it's not uh, who you play, it's how you play. And so that's really what it's always about. Chris, thanks for filling in. I thought you played well today in Ingram's uh, stead. Hey, Ingram, get better, buddy. We we need you. We miss you. The show misses you. But I, I appreciate being here. Appreciate uh, you and uh, Ingram having me in here. And we're just, again, thrilled as always, folks. Go to the chat room. We need to hear from you. Check these guys out each and every Sunday and Wednesday. They're my guys, ACC. Check out all the conference shows, all the recruiting shows, the NFL. Go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football for all the exciting things we got going. So appreciate you a lot and appreciate Ingram and talk to you soon. Yes, sir. For Chris Landry, I'm Lawton Swan. You've been tuned in to the ACC tailgate. We will get back after it 7 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday evening. As always, y'all take care, and we'll talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.